Hello and welcome to Cinema Scene right here on WGWG.org. We appreciate you uh, taking the time to spend with us as we talk movies. Sometimes we do movie reviews uh, and other times we just do movie commentary or we interview filmmakers. And today, uh, very, very happy to have Tracy Letts uh, as our guest. Uh, Tracy Letts is a face that uh, pretty much anybody who has watched TV and film uh, over the past few decades would uh, definitely uh, recognize uh, Tracy has appeared in dozens, and I mean dozens, of uh, television, film, and stage. Uh, he is a Pulitzer Prize winner. Uh, he has also uh, done uh, just so many incredible works on classics like The Drew Carey Show uh, and Seinfeld. Anybody ever heard of that? Wow. Well, uh, let's uh, spend some time talking to Tracy about his work in uh, arts and entertainment, and he'll... Uh, Give us a little background also on uh, the most recent films uh, that he's uh, been working on that are in theaters uh, now, Ford vs. Ferrari and Little Women, opening later in December. Hi, Tracy Letts. How are you, sir? Very well. How are you? Marvelous, marvelous. Uh, we're so glad to have you here on Cinema Scene with us, uh, talking movies and entertainment. Uh, we really appreciate your time today. My pleasure. I'll tell you, man, you have done it all. <laughs> From uh, from Pulitzer Prize winning uh, stage plays to, uh, to classic television to some incredible films, uh, your love of art and your love of entertainment probably goes back to, to childhood. I, I think you probably grew up in this industry. Is that right? Oh no, Lord no! I did not <laughs> grow up in this industry. No, I grew up in a small no. I grew up in a small <laughs> town in Oklahoma. Uh, my folks were uh, English teachers. My folks taught at a, a small college in Duran, Oklahoma, a college called Southeastern Oklahoma State University. They were both uh, English teachers there. So I grew up in a town of 12,000 people in Southeastern Oklahoma, not exactly the heart of the entertainment industry. <laughs> but the, but that, uh, that, that love of English and the English language... Did that influence you uh, as you started thinking about uh, career paths and career choices? Hugely. My folks were, uh, oh, they were great, funny, uh, creative people. They, uh, our house was always filled with books and music and uh, TV and movies, and they loved, uh, they loved the arts. They loved everything that had to do with the uh, creativity and creative people. Yeah. They were very creative people themselves and they, they did have second careers after, uh, they both took early retirement, uh, in their fifties and had marvelous second careers. My mother is a writer. My father is an actor. And, uh, so yeah, I, they, they were a huge influence on me, uh, getting into the arts. And, uh, I think they were, they were pretty eager for me to, to, to get out of Oklahoma, and uh, I think they were uh, they were hopeful that I would uh, choose to do something with my life that I found that I had some passion for. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I did both of those things. So. Yeah. So, so did you grow up within within an academic community? As far as did you spend time on college campuses growing up, and was that just kind of a second uh, second home for you, having parents that were involved in uh, higher ed? Sure. Uh, you know, again, it's a small town and it's a small college, and and uh, and uh, we were friends with uh, a lot of the people who taught there and their families. Uh, 
so yeah, absolutely. And yet, there's just no denying it's a it's a small rural community, and uh, with with all of that, uh, with all of the advantages and disadvantages of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was surrounded by uh, uh, wonderful, witty, smart, creative people. Yeah, yeah. At, at what point in your life did you realize that you wanted to pursue? Uh, the arts. I suppose uh, I did my first play when I was uh, fourteen or fifteen wow. years old. Yeah, uh, a community theater play in Tishomingo, Oklahoma, and uh, I, 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 I probably got bit by the bug then. Though I did a couple more plays, and it wasn't until I maybe started getting good at it and started to think, oh, I I might have a an affinity for this 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 might be something I'd like to continue to pursue and work on that I thought uh, that that was a path I wanted to follow. So, you know, my, my parents were the first people in their families to graduate from high school and they both wound up in higher education. And I chose not to go to, to college and just went straight into, uh, into trying to get a job. I got my little headshot and resume and went down to Dallas, Texas when I was 17 years old and started trying to book work. Wow. And I'm still at it. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, you know, you have done so many different things, you know, stage, uh, TV, and, and film. Do you have uh, a preference, uh, or does it depend on your mood, or does it depend on the season? How do you decide what you're going to do and when you're going to do it? Well, there's never been any plan. I can tell you that I've never, <laughs> I've never been very good at stepping back and saying, "Well, I'm going to do this now, and then after that, yeah. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to focus on this." It's always just been pretty haphazard, and I'll go where the work is, and I'll see what the next next job is after that. I, 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 I do appreciate the variety. I like going from one thing to another thing. It, it, it feels like it keeps it fresh for me. Uh, and so, and I normally like the one I'm not doing at the moment. Yeah. Uh, the, the, if I'm writing, acting suddenly seems very easy to me. And if I'm acting, writing seems like the easy way to go. So, uh, the truth is they're all, they're all challenging. They're all, it's all storytelling. Yeah. I guess I've just been a storyteller for a long, long time. So I always feel steeped in, uh, in the, the, the mechanics and the language of telling stories. <laughs> well, you know, you're, you have really been able to uh, bounce from, from genres to you're not, uh, you know, you're not set in, in one particular um, field. I mean, you, you, you've done drama, you've done comedy. Uh, and uh, do you have a preference there or is it the same thing? Just kind of whatever uh, job happens to appeal to you uh, when it comes your way. Doing comedy is, great and fun and hard i mean comedy is really hard to do to do well to do well and make it look easy and make it look effortless uh but again i I think the same thing applies in that i'm always kind of interested in in mixing it up right you know uh i just did all my sons by arthur miller last year and it just when it came up i just thought well that's a play i have to do i can't not do all my sons it's all my sons is is very heavy and very challenging for an actor, 
And I thought, yeah, I've got to, I've got to take this challenge on now. Of course, by the time I was closing that show, I was like, oh, I'm ready for something much lighter. I'm ready for something easier to do. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I just, I just tried to continually freshen uh, and, and, and find something new and, and challenging and interesting. And, and if it means switching mediums, that's great. And if it means uh, switching tone, that's great, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your, uh, you know, your talent is, is without a doubt there. And anyone who has, has seen you or read your work uh, knows that. And uh, at what point do you think it was that you realized that you had, uh, had earned this, uh, this, uh, this talent for being able to write uh, and write something that, uh, that people would, would want to uh, engage in? Oh, I have to relearn it every time really? I write something. I, okay. Yeah, no, there's no there's no presumption on my part that people are going to like the next thing. And and the truth is that even my writing, uh, there's enough variety in the writing that there is no guarantee that people are going to like the next thing. And, you know, uh, some people like some stuff, and it's like some people don't like other stuff. It's like, well, I hope you like the next thing. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how the hell I've done it. I... I <laughs> Uh, every time I uh, start to write a play, I say, I have no idea how to write a play. And then I look up on the shelf and I see uh, eight or nine plays that I've written and wow. published up on the shelf. I say, well, I, mu- I figured it out somehow. I guess I'll try and figure it out again. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Now, when, when you're working on a project, whether it's writing or whether it's, uh, whether it's acting on stage, film, or TV, do you have... Uh, kind of that confidant, that sounding board that you can go to, that person you can go to that is that will speak truth and honesty to you and say, yeah, that's not working, or yeah, you've nailed it. My wife is my first, uh, she's my first reader. She's my first, I don't want to say critic, because we're, we're, we're kinder to each other than that. <laughs> but we, uh, I, I, uh, I have such deep uh, respect for, uh, her work, and so her opinion means a great deal to me. So she's always my first reader. She's always my first responder, uh, and and she she responds uh, warmly but honestly to all that I do. So she she's always the first person I go to, and I think I am for her as well. Yeah, yeah. Now, has there ever been a time where you really thought you had something, and she came back to you and said, "Nah, you need to, you need to you need to work on this a little bit more." Yeah, I wouldn't say that. It's more a question of uh, it's more a question of do you get that? Do you understand that? Uh, do you, is that clear? Yeah. Have I made that clear? Uh, and uh, she's very good about being able to say no. This is not clear to me. I don't understand what this is saying. I don't understand what's going on here. But uh, so it's more it's more about uh, clarity. Yeah of storytelling rather than quality. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and that's, that is so helpful because when you are married to a project, uh, whether it's something you're writing or something that you're, uh, you're performing, you, you know exactly what you want it to say or what you want that character to be presenting, but it does take somebody from the outside at times or someone close to you to be able to say, you know, it's just not clicking and here's why. And so that's great that you've got that. And I think, I think we all need that in our lives 
that's someone who can kind of speak that, uh, speak that to us, no matter what it is that we're involved in. Well, and of course, I'm, uh, I'm a member of the Steppenwolf Theater Company, and I am so lucky to be there because I'm surrounded by uh, great actors and great directors, and they are all, they're really very knowledgeable uh, about how to shepherd a project along. I mean, I always say to my wife, I say, you know, I'm, when I take a new play into the theater, the, 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 the hope is that they're going to say, this is the greatest thing ever written, and they're going to, you know, throw a party for me. And the fear is that they're going to say, this is garbage, and throw it in the trash. <laughs> but the reality is that they, we read it, and then everybody rolls up their sleeves and says, okay, let's go to work on this. You know, yeah. there's a lot of good people throwing into that process. And I'm, I'm a beneficiary of being surrounded by a lot of people who are really good at their jobs. And that process, especially with a new play, is a, is a process of constant refinement. Even if it's something that my wife says she gets and it's something that people at Steppenwolf say they get, then there's a long process with the audience where I have to listen to a play through the audience's ears and, yes. and see those moments where it's speaking to them or where they're confused or where they don't understand what's going on or where they don't understand what they're supposed to take away from the piece. Yeah, yeah. When you go back to your, your childhood and uh, your teen years when you were first getting involved in, in theater, was there a certain playwright that you were drawn to uh, from, from things you liked to perform or, or things that maybe inspired you later on down the road to, hey, I want to write, write something that will speak to audiences and speak to people like that? That's a really good question. I, I don't know that there was necessarily. I mean, when I was first becoming interested in theater as an actor, uh, you know, there, I would get my hands on plays and I would, uh, do the roles myself, act out the parts myself. Uh, my father always had a copy of, uh, uh, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. We always had some dog-eared paperback of who's afraid of Virginia Woolf, yeah. uh, laying around the house. And so I would, when I got interested in acting, I would pick that up and I would read it again and again and again. And eventually, you know, 30 years later or whatever, got a chance to to play George and Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. So Albee was certainly an influence in that regard. But then as a writer, I didn't, as a, as a teenager, I wasn't thinking about writing for the theater. It wasn't until I had moved to Chicago and started working in the Chicago theater uh, and, and not working in Chicago theater <laughs> when I had some times of unemployment. Yeah. <laughs> that I thought uh, I should try and write something for the stage, and at the time I did that, I was reading a lot of uh, I was reading a lot of pulp fiction. I was reading a lot of Jim Thompson and David Goodis and great great pulp fiction writers like that. And I just had an idea that I had never seen it on, done on stage, and I thought I wonder if you could do something like this in the theater. So I wrote my first play, Killer Joe. But again, not with any expectation that I was a playwright or that I was going to write other plays or that that was going to be a, a, a second career or another career for me. I, I wasn't, think, again, very haphazard. I wasn't thinking down the line. I just yeah. was an actor who happened to write a play, and it, uh, it did very well. It, it, uh, it was, uh, in spite of getting some terrible reviews in Chicago, it got a great review in the Chicago Tribune. And then from that, we were able to eventually take it to the Edinburgh Festival and then on to London, where I really found myself, a, for the first time in my life, a playwright. 
people wow. in London didn't know my work as an actor at all. So right. suddenly I was just the playwright of this play. And, I, and some people we met in London said, hey, we love this play so much. Do you have another one? I wow. thought, well, I'll write another one. <laughs> and I wrote Bug. And so it just kind of rolled from there. Yeah, yeah. So when you write, is it? do you find that it just breathes uh, out of you? Or uh, is, there, is there this... Uh, journey of uh, you know climbing the mountain and struggling to get there. Oh, it's always a mountain with the play, uh, and I tend to. I, this isn't always true, but for the most part, I I will think about a play for uh, a period, a, a long period of time, even years. I will think about a play before I sit down to write it. Uh, so the 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 pre writing process is very long then I tend to write the play very quickly. The writing process is actually very fast and hopefully has a lot of creative energy in it. And then there's the process on the other side of that, of refinement and rewriting and, uh, and workshops and rehearsals and previews and opening and performances and first productions and second productions and third productions, rewriting all the while. So there's a period of some years on the other side of it too so no a, a play is always a new play for me anyway is always a mountain to climb yeah and and i, I guess that there there is a parallel to that in the filmmaking world too when you when you think about the development the pre-production the production post-production and then uh, the back end of that where you're out um, talking about those films as well when when you take on a a film role um how involved are you from kind of the start uh, and all the way through? You know, walk, walk, a, uh, walk a listener through that if they've never been able to experience that themselves or don't really know how that works uh, as a feature film actor. Well, for a guy like me, I'm not part of that process uh, until very late in the game. I mean, I suppose if you're, if you're a star of the film, uh, then your involvement in it may go back months or maybe even a year before the film actually goes into production. But for a guy like me, I tend to get hired pretty quickly. Uh, I mean, without a lot of time before I go to work on the movie, maybe only a month or two before I start work on the film. And then my work on the film, depending on how the film is scheduled to be shot, uh, my work on the film may be well, most of my work on Ford versus Ferrari was done in a three-week span. Uh, and thankfully, a very concentrated three-week span uh, for a movie that shot for many months. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was really a huge production. So, uh, and then I'm not part, again, of the editing process, the post-production process. I'm not part of any of that. Uh, now, are you, then, are you, then there is the... Pro there's the promotional aspect where, you know, I spend more time promoting the films than I do making them. <laughs> Again, for a guy uh, who's playing the kind of roles I am in films, yeah, uh, it, it's true. You'll spend more time on the on the PR circuit right. than you do actually making the film. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you think about the past few years. Uh, you know, look back at films like The Big Short, uh, The Post, Lady Bird, and uh, Ford v Ferrari, as you mentioned, and uh, and Little Women. Um, you know, you have you have definitely been busy on, on the big screen, but you've been busy uh, on stage. Um, do you ever slow down? 
it's coming. <laughs> the slowdown is coming. Well, and I hope, it's, I hope it's by choice. <laughs> Yo, no, it's definitely by choice. You know, I have a, a, a I have a twenty month old. Oh wow! Uh, I, yeah, I have a twenty month old, wow. and he's fantastic, and I love him, and I want to spend more time with him, and uh, yeah. work. Uh, so the work the work slowdown is coming and it is by choice yeah. absolutely well well congratulations on that 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 is absolutely uh, amazing um uh, being a father of a young one like that wow congrats to you yeah. um I, I i'm a father myself and and uh, I, I cherish every second of it and uh, it's it's an amazing thing it really is it really is well, uh, you know, as you think about uh, your film roles uh, over the years and your TV roles over the years, uh, are there certain ones that stand out to you where you just look back and say, I'm so glad I got a chance to do that and work with those people? Well, I, I don't want to give some generic answer where I say it's all great. <laughs> but, but the truth is I, I have been really fortunate that I've worked with some very great uh film artists uh, who are very different in personality. I mean, James Mangold, who directed Ford versus Ferrari, he's, he's loud, he's, he's, uh, he's coarse, he's, he's hilarious. Uh, he, he almost gives the impression that he's like a, a tech guy who worked his way up the ladder, though the truth is Jim is a, a film school nerd, uh, and he's, and how he keeps the, the, the vastness of a production like Ford B. Ferrari in his mind while he's making it is beyond me. He could not be more different than Greta Gerwig, who is very loving, very smart, knows exactly what she wants, but the, the set is, is a very warm uh, place. I, so I, I'm not going to give you the generic answer. It's all of them. I'm going to say rather uh, it's Lady Bird. Yeah. Because uh, I get asked to play so many roles of guys in suits. Uh, I'm always putting on suits and getting behind desks and being the voice of authority. And uh, the truth is, that's not who I am. Uh, I'm I'm actually uh, I'm a more introverted guy than that in my daily life, and I'm a more private guy than that. So the that Ladybird gave me a chance to put on regular person clothes and just uh, sit in a chair and read the newspaper. Yeah. It was so much closer temperamentally to the person I am. Yeah. Uh, and it was such a great production, such a great thing to be a part of. I, and watching uh, Greta and Saoirse and Laurie Metcalf, watching them do their thing, and I, and I didn't have to do the heavy lifting was great, great fun. <laughs> well, I know that with, with each of these roles, you learn so much from those around you. And, um, you know, as you're doing it, it, it is this community. Uh, it is this kind of family uh, for that time period. And you get to experience that um, through stage uh, as well as you're talking about the Steppenwolf um, Theater Company in Chicago and um, in film and TV. And I appreciate your work, and I appreciate you taking time to, to spend with us today talking about uh, your life uh, in, in the arts. And uh, I just want to give you a chance to share any final thoughts or comments you would like with our audience about, uh, about film, TV, or the arts. Uh, this is your, your chance to, to share your, kind of your parting thoughts here. Well, your, your point you make about the family of artists is, is a good one. I, 
you know, the truth is I had worked in film and TV in a very spotty fashion. You know, I live in Chicago still, and uh, uh, we don't make a lot of film and TV in Chicago. It's a theater town, and my, my first love is theater. So I had gone a long time without, well, like I say, very spotty work in film and TV, and I would never felt comfortable because I always so needed that feeling of family or community when I walked on a set. And as a guy who's working very little or working one day here and then a few months later working a week there, it's hard to ever get to feel comfortable. Uh, finally, in just the last few years, and really Homeland was the thing that kicked this off, uh, when I did Homeland, I had not been on camera in seven years at that point. And so the ability to show up on a set and actually know the names of the people I was working with, uh, the, the people in the hair and makeup trailer. Yeah. Uh, the director of photography, to know their names, to know something about their lives, to have some of that feeling of not only community, but just continuity, just, yeah. just not feeling like a first day at school every time. So to be able to, to recreate that in in some way, shape, or form with Greta or with Jim Mangold or with Ozzy Jacobs or with any of these great filmmakers I've had a chance to work with, it's just been at this point in my life, uh, I'm 54 years old, and and at this point in my life, to have this work coming my way, I'm I'm just uh, I'm really really lucky. I'm a lucky guy that I've had a chance to do this. Well, uh, Tracy Letts, thanks so much for taking time to spend with us today here on Cinema Scene. And uh, if uh, if listeners wanted to follow your work, what's the best way to uh, find out what uh, what Tracy Letts is involved in? Oh, I don't know. I'm not a social media guy, so I suppose you'll just have to you'll just have to Google me and see what's next. Awesome. Tracy, thanks so much. I really appreciate your time and uh, go take care of the young one. Thanks very much. All the best. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. And for our listeners, we appreciate you listening and uh, taking time with us here on Cinema Scene and uh, Tracy Letts, uh, our guest today. Uh, talking about uh, his uh, journey of film all the way from Seinfeld to uh, Ford versus Ferrari and Little Women. Uh, and man, Drew Carey showed there's just so many things. So uh, check out Tracy Letts uh, on IMDb and you can find out more. Uh, for Cinema Scene on WGWG.org, I'm Noel T. Manning II.